I'm Chilanga. I'm Dylan. And this is the C&D NBA show. Um, before we begin, I just have to, you know, send my condolences and my love to the family of Duante Wright, who was shot and killed by Brooklyn Center Police um, today, Sunday, April 11th. There's not a ton of details that are out right now, but from what I read, the, the police got him out of his car. He tried to get back in his car and the police shot and killed him. Unarmed uh, again? Yeah. And then his and then his car ran like it must have been neutral or something because his car drove for several blocks and then crashed into a tree. It was like, it was really uh, an unfortunate situation. So my 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 love and and my thoughts go out to that family, and I know there was a big crew in in Brooklyn Center out to show their support today, and they were met by some pretty violent police response. So I just hope that everyone gets out safe, and uh, we can get some justice for Duante Wright moving forward. So yeah, I would be remiss to to not to not talk about that to to start the pod today. Mm -hmm. Those motherfuckers. One three one two. All cops are bastard. Abolish the police. Mm -hmm. We need a new it's, system. They're yes, class traitors. Oof, they're nasty. Um, I mean, the good news is there's been like the the prosecution in the Derek Chauvin trial is killing it right now. It's true. the The case has been going very well for the uh, in terms of the witnesses, and it's looking like every single doctor that I've seen has said that he died of asphyxiation, which is a good yep. thing for the prosecution. Mm -hmm. and uh for justice and so that is great hopefully. yes it is oh yeah <laughs> hopefully i'll tell you what if shopping isn't convicted this city uh if if y'all thought the city burned uh last summer y'all don't even know you don't even know it's it's gonna yeah I, he some, better be convicted <laughs> some property will not be safe <laughs> oof amen Hopefully, specifically commercial property. Let's keep it away from the residential properties in Minneapolis, people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and like over the summer, it was pretty good. Like most residential properties were 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 left alone, so um, that that was good. Uh, but this is a basketball podcast, so <laughs> we're going to talk about. Barely, <laughs> we're going to talk about the, like whether we should get rid of the N word today. All right, let's go That's on to true. real stupid news. That's true. We are we are barely a ba basketball podcast. This is a basketball. This is a podcast about what Dylan and Chilango want to talk about, and uh, today we want to talk about some shit. I, oh, I was God. in the woods for a week, and I'm ready to go. I had some deep self reflection, and uh, so so I got some thoughts. Uh, I'm up in the woods. So let's get going with some real stupid news. The Anthony Davis and LeBronless Lakers blow out the Nets. This was Saturday. And Dennis Schroeder and Kyrie Irving uh, both got e ejected after a heated exchange of words. Um, today, Kyrie posted on Instagram and or, or Twitter. He posted like the N-word. It, 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 like a get rid of the n word. We're not slaves. That's that's a uh, that's not get, for my get the people. Exact quote. Get the exact quote. Ugh, it's not. You just read it to me. It was beautiful. The way that he said it was way better than the way that you were describing it. You're right. Kyrie then tweeted out, and I quote: "The n word is a derogatory racial slur. It will never be a term of endearment. Reclaimed. Flipped. Never forget its foul and true history." Throw the N-word out the window, right alongside all those other racist words used to describe my people. We are not slaves or ends. This is, I mean, it's interesting. It's 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 a legitimate take by Kyrie. I think the the N-word is it's very complicated. You know, as a as a rap enthusiast, and a person who listens to a lot of rap music, as a black man, you know, I, I like totally understand the use of the N-word. I, I totally get it. Like I think that it is fair and I, I think that reclamation is powerful but i also get the idea that like the more that we say it the more other people will say it you know my biggest issue with it is that uh as long as black people will say it racist people will say it as long and and the reason one of the reasons so 
my girlfriend is Jewish and she was the one who described to me what the K word was early on in our relationship. And I was like, I barely know what that word is. Like I have to think, I still have to think about when I say K word, wait, what, what is the pronunciation of that again? And Mm -hmm. I think that what happened in like the thirties, forties and fifties, well, after the forties, I mean, it was like probably in the fifties. Um, because Shuli's father was called that in, in when he was an adolescent. But what happened is like Jewish people just decided no, no one's going to say this word. We're not saying this word. You're not saying this word. And the word has gone away. That is possible to get rid of the word. But what it's going to take is a united effort on behalf of the people who have reclaimed the word in order to erase the word from the lexicon of everyday Americans. Well, I do wonder, and, and I don't know, you know, this is total speculation, but I do wonder if the elimination of the K word was easier because Jews could more easily assimilate into white American culture. And so the need for reclamation was far less necessary. You know what I mean? Jew- Jewish people, most of them do look white. And so there is a, a an easier time becoming a part of that like Anglo-Saxon Protestant white culture that exists in America. But like black people are still black. And so whether or not, you know, throughout the, the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whether or not black people stop saying the N-word or not, white people are still going to say the N-word because there's that clear delineation between us and them you know what i mean i don't think that that's true i mean there are so many less white people that use the word today than used it 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago so it is being eradicated from white lexicon and on top of all of that like most white people in america don't know the k word used toward black people in south africa and that that's because that word is literally illegal to say in South Africa. It is not legal to say the K word in South Africa. And that and so my issue with the N word is that it will take a leader like Kyrie Irving. I, I commend Kyrie for saying this because there aren't enough black leaders that are saying this, mostly because all the black leaders are rappers who are part of the culture that just say it right um, uh, I, I mean, I disagree with that statement. I think there are a lot of black leaders who well, are not absolutely, rappers. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. But they're, but it, most, it, of them, as far as most pop, well known, pop, most talking well about black popular leaders, culture, when you're talking yeah. about popular culture, and that's the issue here. Like when the word is in popular culture, then it is more accessible to white people. And I, I, I understand that. I totally understand that. I, you know, I just but, think that it, oh, go ahead. I just want to clarify here. I'm not saying that the cultural leaders of black culture in America are musicians because of anything that black people did. It's because that is those are the positions of power within culture that they have been able to attain first based on white supremacy, like Mm -hmm, white supremacy. mm -hmm. That's the first leaders that they've allowed are within music. That's what just so happened to happen. And I'm not trying to say that, like, I'm not trying to say that Angela Davis doesn't exist to me. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not yeah. trying to say any of that shit. I, those yeah, so it's, I look up to the most in these topics. It's just that it's just that the 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 most prominent people within the popular culture are athletes and musicians, right? And, and that's that that's the way it is, and that sucks. That really sucks, but that's that's the way it is, right? Because it takes a person like Kyrie to like talk about this stuff with a level head, because he mm. happens to speak for so many people, and he shouldn't have to do that. LeBron shouldn't have to do that. The reality is that, like, th- they should be able to have leaders like Angela Davis, and I, I and it's it's starting to happen. Jamal Bauman was just elected into the House. So many great people, Cory Bush, into the House. But what we need, obviously, is for people to be other than musicians to be leaders in this, and maybe and musicians too. But obviously, it's going to happen not in the music industry first. And so, like, Ky- I commend Kyrie for saying for saying he doesn't like to use that word. And I commend Kyrie for defending not using that word. And guess what? I fucking hate Dennis Schrader. So, and I know I'm a Lakers <laughs> fan, and but he is the most annoying player in the NBA. He truly is. Yeah. I, 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 ever since, remember remember when he was going at Jeff Teague? Yeah. 
I do. I mean, that's how far that goes back for me is mm-hmm. the two th- when he was in o- on OKC and and he was going after Jeff Teague for something that was just nothing. He just likes yeah, to create yeah. problems wherever he goes because I think he thinks when he's emotional, he plays better, or when he gets other people worked up, he plays better. And I, yeah, some, sometimes that's true. But it, final final thoughts on this is that like whether or not as a black person you want to say the n word or not, that is totally your choice. And like I, I don't think that either choice is wrong you know i say the n-word sometimes you know i i mostly say it for uh you know deep emotional expression you know i I try not to use it in 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 my like super daily and regular lexicon just because i i I don't feel i don't really want to say it around the white people in my life because i don't want to like empower them to say it and and that's just like my personal choice um but you know what about as an educator? How do you feel about the word in everyday life as an educator of young black children? Yeah, uh, that's actually, you know, that's that's a complex issue. You know, like I, when I hear it at school, I work at elementary school, right? And so most of the time when I hear it, it's like fourth and fifth graders. They're a little bit older. They've got some like autonomy. They've got some ability to like self-choose and like, choose which words they want to use. And so I really do, if there's time, I try to have the conversation about that word and like ask them if they know like what that word means, like and ask them why they say that word. Granted, there's not always the time. So I, I try to, you know, if there's not the time, be like, look, now's not the time for that word. We can have a conversation about why now's not the time for that word. But for now, like, let's just keep it's school appropriate and we can have that conversation later because i you know i think it is important to talk to young people about what that word means and like the 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 gravity of it i get it i get reclamation i do want to say like yes reclamation can be powerful but at the end of the day it's a, a word that was derived from spanish that has become so derogatory because of white people that like there are so many ways to uplift black voices than to like use a word that white people white imperialists created to talk about someone in a less than human way yeah but like if it makes black people feel good to use it then like more power to you you know it's <laughs> that's the that's the complex nature of it because there there's this freedom that they that like we need to have and also there's this this uh i mean it's it's pretty clear that like if black people continue to use it in popular culture, white people will continue to use it. And so it's, it's complex, but I do like what you said about black, uh, black athletes and musicians having to be like these, these leaders of social issues and political issues. Like Tom Brady doesn't have to say shit about politics. He he never has to because he's just a white <laughs> dude. And there's plenty he... of white dudes that'll say plenty of shit about politics. You know what I mean? Except for when he implies fascist fucking shit about Donald Trump. And how he's definitely yeah. a fucking fascist piece of shit because football is all related to law enforcement and football's fucked up. Yeah, but but Tom Brady never has to take a hard stance. You know, all these black uh, all these black athletes have to take a hard stance, and it's not fair. Yeah. It's true. You know. Um, well, right. Myers Leonard had to take a hard stance. I don't know if you uh, uh, the NBA. Uh, moving on to some more TMZ type <laughs> real stupid news. Uh, Lamelo Ball has uh, started dating yoga instructor Tiana Trump. Porn star. Uh, yeah, she's an adult actress. You know, I have... Uh, I'm not going to say that. Uh, <laughs> help, help me, step yoga instructor. I'm stuck being the third pick in the draft. I mean, I hope that they're happy. I don't know. I don't really have strong opinions about this. <laughs> I just... I'm just really glad that we have Anthony Edwards as our number one pick in the draft because it bothers me not not because she's a sex worker but because she's a celebrity that's more what i have an issue i take umbrage with athletes dating other celebrities just because we've seen where that what what happens with that with tristan thompson with james harden every time like james harden was dating a kardashian and that year he was he played the worst basketball he's ever played in his life um so do you take umbrage with carl anthony towns dating jordan woods a little bit not as much because it seems like they are like dating for like love, right? 
yeah, yeah. Like it, it does seem like a very loving relationship. So like, sure, if Lamella Ball is in love, fine. But he's been a reality star his whole life, and it just seems like he's going to continue being a reality star for the rest of his. I, well, I see this more as a Kardashian type of relationship. My, well, like if you're a reality star since the time you're 14, like the only other person that you could relate to is another like famous person. So I, I mean, I get, I, I get that. Uh, and I, I just hope I'm that glad they, to not have a reality star on the Timberwolves. I honestly just wish that they would call her a, a porn star instead of a yoga instructor because that's what she like. It's fine. We've all, like I've seen a Tiana Trump video. Whatever, it's fine. Like, I I don't think I ever have. Oh really? Is she good? Is she talented? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> This is yeah. It's I just yeah. They just they just gotta name it. You know, just name it. I I just hate all this like taboo sex shit. Like ooh, you know, whatever. He's dating a yoga instructor. No, he's he's dating an, an adult actress, and that's fine. Like Which, that's what it, know, that's what it is. He knows a lot of positions. But yeah, I just hope that they're good. Did you see that? Um, I I can't remember who tweeted it. Some Timberwolves account tweeted it, and it was a picture of Ben Simmons, D'Angelo Russell. Carlton Towns and oh, Devin yeah. Booker. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Carlton yeah. Towns was the only one smiling and he tweeted out, Smile if you haven't had sex with Kendall Jenner. <laughs> Ooh. I, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm surprised that Carl was smiling, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if if uh if that happened. So yeah, I mean, whatever. It does you know, if if I was rich and famous. I, you I would. Kendall? I would be having sex with a lot of people. Oh my god! I mean, I mean, I I already have sex with a lot of people. So like, if <laughs> if I was also rich and famous, I would be having sex with a lot of people. Shout uh, out uh, to your friend. Wait, are you still talking to them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we are. We're, it's all good. Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> You're <laughs> not exclusive yet. What? I'm not I'm I'm not having sex with multiple people right now. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. What the hell? Are you kidding me? I don't know what you're doing. You're going down to like <laughs> Arkansas maskless. You're like, yeah, we were going through caves with 15 children and then no, 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 no. We were we wore masks the whole time. We went into a restaurant. We were walking into a restaurant in Eminence, Missouri. And this woman was walking out. She's like, oh, you don't need to wear those in there, referring to our masks. And we were like, uh, no, we wear these everywhere. <laughs> like, we're going to wear them. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I'm I'm being careful. Anyway, moving on to our last piece of real stupid news. Wiseman. So is also fully vaccinated. For James Weissman has uh, <laughs> torn his... Torn his meniscus, and he'll be out for the rest of the season. Sad news for James. Chalanga, this is totally fine. The Warriors are going to be totally fine. Like, James Wiseman has been up and down for them. It's going to be good for him to get a break. He, he needs to just, like, hit the reset button. And at least they have Marquise Chris, right? They still have him on that minimum contract. They're not paying him much. They're going to be just fine. They'll they'll make the playing game. What you're imagine like there's a problem I'm, with Marquise Chris. Imagine if the Warriors had had drafted Lamelo Ball. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that as a Wolves fan, you know that's like Chalega, you you missed my low ball. I I threw an underhanded pitch at you and you didn't even take it. What was it? Marquise Chris was traded to the Spurs and waived. Oh, piss Chris! Yeah, he's gone. On a minimum contract, just because yep. they didn't want to spend the extra couple million in luxury tax. So they've still got Kevon Looney and Draymond Green. And I imagine that's bad. Sooner rather than later, they will be adding a, uh, a, a some 10 days. They'll be stringing along some 10-day contracts until they eventually miss the uh, playing. They're, they are really at risk of missing the playing game right now. <laughs> Alan Alan Smilajic. Smilajic. Yikes. Yeah, that's their only other Yikes. guy above. He's 6'10, I guess. So that's the Although, only guy honestly, above six. If, the, if the Warriors miss a playing game and they get two lottery picks this season, that's probably good for them. Oh, way better for them because they're not going to win a championship anytime soon. Steph nope. Curry, I apologize to you, but like if you think you're ever going to be in contention for the rest of your career, 
you're gonna nope. have to leave Golden State. Yeah, and and I hope Golden, I I hope that they realize that. Uh, and can you know i say i would say run it back one more time with with clay thompson back and see where everyone's at and then assess but i would guess that when clay thompson's back they're still not going to be good enough and then it's wholesale time but they're in a good position honestly to do a wholesale because they've got they're in control of all their picks they've got some bonus picks i i, I the the warriors will be back in the playoffs legitimately they have all uh, the money in the world. Think. All the mm-hmm. money in the world is in the Bay Area right now. Yes, they'll it be is. fine. They will be just fine. All right, we're going to talk about some Timberwolves now. The Wolves had a big week. They went two and two this week. They beat the Kings one sixteen to one hundred six. I didn't watch that game at all. I wish I, I got to go back and watch that because I, I would love to see a handily one Wolves game. I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen that. Uh, maybe maybe that's part of the, what's coloring your D'Angelo Russell hate today, but we'll get to that later because he was awesome in that Kings game. He put it away for the Wolves. Then they lost to Indiana, one thirty-seven to one forty-one. I watched like maybe fifteen percent of that game, and then they lost to the Celtics in OT, one thirty-six to one forty-five. And I watched the fourth quarter and OT of that game. It's been a, a, a weird week for the Wolves. Hey, if you're a Wolves fan listening to this right now, you think, oh, I want to be someone who talks about the Wolves. Just be like Chalanga. All you have to do is watch 25% of the games. Look, I was on vacation. I've seen, I I watched almost every game this season. And I said, you know what? I'm going to disappear into the woods for a little bit and just like do some self-reflection and come back a better person. And I'll tell you what, Dylan, I'm a better person now. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm the psychopath who has been watching this 14 win team for uh every single game every single minute i don't watch the condensed games when i miss the game i watch the whole damn thing baby damn yeah you're you are a psycho yeah and i and that's what i love about you dylan is that you are truly a psychopath so the wolves went two and two this week after they beat the bulls tonight I do want to talk about uh, this Celtics game because Jason Tatum put up a career-high 53 points. And And yet the Wolves still took him to to overtime. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was good. I was like, I was really happy. When I turned on the fourth quarter and and saw the Wolves were in the lead, I was like, what? Granted, the Celtics have been super sketchy this season. They're barely above 500, but it it was still exciting to see the Wolves. was Jaden McDaniels guarding Jason Tatum most of the game? So this is what I want to talk about first, because I feel like a lot of people are going to think that Jaden McDaniels gave up 53 points to Jason Tatum. And that's just not the truth at all. At the beginning of the game, Jaden McDaniels' assignment seemed to be Jason Tatum a lot of the times. But it switched to Josh Okogie midway through the game. Like It felt like after the first quarter, you didn't see much Jaden McDaniels on Jason Tatum, which is when he did most of his work. I mean, you watched the fourth quarter and you're like, I feel like Jason Tatum scored 20 points. I literally counted all the points where he was the primary guard on Jason Tatum. And that was for a total of 26 of the 53 points. And in terms of like who I thought, in my opinion, was at fault, there were a couple times where like Cat wouldn't switch out onto Jason Tatum and didn't, didn't guard him. Those points totaled to 14 of the 53 points. So, and mm. I feel like I'm actually being like pretty generous to uh, the Jaden McDaniels haters out there by saying he was responsible for 14 of the 53 points, to be honest, because he never really gave up anything that bad except for one time where Jason Tatum had him in the post and he was on the left block and he went, he spun and went baseline and got a dunk. So, other than that, I mean, Jaden McDaniels was forcing Jason Tatum to take step-back jumpers. He was in his face on a lot of three-point shots. And at the end of the game, they switched on to Jaden McDaniels. That's what they decided. They wanted to get Josh Okoge off of Jason Tatum and got and decided to get Jaden McDaniels on him. And he missed the shot in the most important part of the, of the whole game. Well, the second most important part of the game, I guess, because it went into overtime because of it. But... Jaden McDaniels had a fine game. I'm not going to blame him for this Jason Tatum eruption. And anybody who thinks that Jay, that 
Jaden McDaniels is like somehow a bad defender because he gave up 53 points to Jason Tatum is wrong. In fact, I would argue, and I know that you didn't watch a lot of the indie game either, but I would argue that J- that Jaden McDaniels had a worse game against Indiana than he did against the Celtics. Yeah, I did not watch all the indie game. I, I'm I'm a Jaden McDaniels believer, and you know that. Even though I'm, I can be hard on him sometimes, I I just try to you know I try to be critical of the Wolves. One thing I want to talk about because one thing I did notice is that in the fourth quarter, Marcus Smart was the primary defender on Carl Anthony Towns, and. Carl Anthony Towns struggled. Yes. Like, struggled. And gr- granted, I do get, like, Marcus Smart is a top 10 defender in this league. Like, he is one of the best. Marcus Smart is also six foot three. I don't understand <laughs> how Carl, like, had such a hard time against Marcus. It's insane. Two offensive fouls on, mm-hmm. on Carl when Marcus Smart was guarding him. That cannot happen. I'm sick of that happening where he hooks him or where he like elbows him or gives them too hard of a shoulder. It's like, Carl, it's very simple. You get position, you either spin out of it somehow, or you shoot over them. That's all you have to do. Cause Marcus mm-hmm. smart is not blocking your shot and you well, can score I- from anywhere on the court. Marcus Smart isn't blocking his shot, but Marcus Smart was able to stop him from from backing him. Like Marcus Smart is strong, and yeah, so Carl couldn't help. he That's... couldn't back him in, and which gave which gave the Celtics the ability not to double Carl. And when you can't when 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 Carl isn't doubled and also can't move his defender, uh, he 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 struggles to score. But really. What he needs to do in that case when you're against Marcus Smart, who is way smaller than you, just turn around and hit the face-up jumper. Like, don't try That's to back saying. him in. Just just hit the jumper. Yeah, He's I get you. He's never going to block you. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if Carl figures that out, that's like one of maybe two things that Carl needs to figure out in order to be an mm-hmm. MVP candidate, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Well, what he figured out this year, he figured out how to beat the double this year. Exactly. So, that was the other one. Yeah. And so now... When 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 the double isn't there, he's got to figure out how to beat the defender who he can't back down. You know what I mean? So he, he, I mean, it's 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 like that's a small thing, but like Marcus Smart really did shut him down in the fourth, which was disappointing to see. But you know, he, he he's gonna figure it out. He's he's gotten better every season, and there's no doubt in my mind that next season he'll come back with 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 some extra moves, for sure. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, one last thing about that Celtics game. I just want to put this on on Dave Benz's Hall of Fame resume. He said as D'Lo was shooting that shot to get the game, or that wasn't the one that got the game into overtime, was it? Maybe it was. But uh, he said the TD Garden is a bank, and it's open for D'Lo. Dave Benz has been killing it this season. I'm, I'm so impressed. He's been doing so good. While I was on vacation, the news came through that Alex Rodriguez – and some billionaire, Mark Lore. <laughs> I, I think I ha- it's Mark uh, Mark Lore. I think it's actually pronounced with the A. Maybe they're all Hispanic. Maybe that's what's going on here. Mark Hispanics- Lore. <laughs> Whatever his name is, they have they they are in a, a, a in negotiations with Glenn Taylor to buy the Wolves for one point five billion dollars, which is above what Glenn was asking for. Uh, Cause I think Glenn was asking for 1.2, right? I don't remember. And guess what? I don't fucking care, but whatever. <laughs> um, I don't, I hate Alex Rodriguez. This guy has uh, embezzlement, steroids, infidelity, all. Yes, on yes, his, yes. On his resume, which it makes me think that he is kind of a sleaze and he can't be trusted. So I can don't I go, <laughs> really, I'm not I, really happy that he owns the Wolves now. But like, how much worse could it get? Like, Glenn Taylor also has embezzlement on his end with the fucking Joe Smith contract or whatever. I don't know what the, what it that's that, that's true. And he, it, Glenn Taylor is also known for like bankrupting businesses to make money. So, <laughs> so you know. let's think about it in a positive light for just a second. Uh, we're getting rid of Glenn Taylor, but uh-huh. okay. Alex Rodriguez, I want to give a little bit of insight to some of our listeners who might not be reality TV fans, but guess what? Your boy Dylan, I hear you farting in the background. 
some okay but it just so happens that your boy dylan knows about the reality tv goings on of southern charm and it just so happens that alex rodriguez got involved with a woman named madison from southern charm slid into her dms evidently they sexted this is according to Shuli. Sorry, I'm getting these half of this third hand based off of what Shuli is telling me because she's a big Southern Charm fan. I watch it sometimes. But this chick, Madison, is not a good person. So on Southern Charm this year, there was a lady who was latently racist. And mm. everyone was like, yo, you need to apologize, blah, blah, blah. And then Madison comes in and she's like, no, you should fight for yourself. No, no, you need to fight for yourself. No, no, you need to be independent. Stop being a pussy. Stop being a pussy. Just yell at her. And and uh, so anyway, this lady, Madison, fucking sucks. She's one of the worst people on all of reality television, on all of Bravo, on all of that network. And Alex Rodriguez is sliding into her DMs while he's dating the, one of the most beautiful women of all time in Jennifer Lopez. What an idiot. It's fucked up. Alex Rodriguez, I, I'm not excited. Only because, like, the Timberwolves will not relocate next year. Or even the year after. But I, I can't help but think that the second that A-Rod and, and Mark Lore have the chance to go to greener pastures, that they won't just, like, pick up and move the team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, go ahead. I, I actually di completely disagree. Because... Part of the deal is that the team isn't going to move for at least the next two and a half years. So the next two regular seasons, the team can't move, right? Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that the NBA has said that they want to expand at the mm -hmm. beginning of last season within the next two years. So if you count two and a half years, that's a year after the NBA plans to expand. And I do think the NBA is going to expand. So if the NBA expands, they're expanding to Seattle. And they're probably going to expand to Vegas. And that's 32 teams. What is the other city that people like, are you going to Tampa to create a new basketball culture with the retirees? What are you doing? I, Minneapolis is a viable basketball market. And it has been provedly so in the early 2000s with Kevin Garnett. It was a viable basketball product. And mm -hmm. people wanted to watch. And it was a, it was a big deal. Tons of people, like they sold out at the Target Center. So you bring an awesome product to Minneapolis and it is viable. You don't need to move to St. Louis. You don't need to move to Tampa Bay. You can keep the team right here. So when they are saying that they're going through, oh, and the other thing is that everyone's like becoming a lawyer on Twitter and it's kind of pissing me off because everyone's like, oh yeah, well you can't enforce that in the contract. I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. Are you part of the negotiations here? No. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You can enforce anything stop. you want in a con like what what like shut the hell as up as long as it's legal you can write that in a contract like indentured <laughs> servitude was a contract back after yeah. slavery uh huh uh huh so, I think one of the only things that I can't write in a contract is uh, we agree that you will kill this person <laughs> like like yeah it's not illegal bro but okay so I I don't know how enforceable they'll make that obviously uh -huh. we don't know mm -hmm. what's going on but. Mm -hmm. For someone to say, like, oh, it's over. They might as well be in Seattle now. Seattleites hate A-Rod. He played there for six seasons and left them for the Texas Rangers. They hate him over there. They absolutely hate him. I mean, also, also like, like Seattle and Vegas are the spots that the league wants to put expansion teams. So they're not well, that's just going to let... Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not going to let a team just up and go to the their two most, like prized markets are you kidding me i know no way yeah yeah so those will be the two expansion teams in the next two years before the timberwolves will even be handed over to that team to uh to mark laurie and uh and alex rodriguez and so like for people to think that it's all over and the timberwolves are leaving i think that we just need to like not look ahead so far like minnesota people from minnesota are so like disaster mongering I don't know what it is, but like people from Minnesota always think of the worst thing that could happen immediately. All all our teams suck. That's why. <laughs> That's why. All our teams suck and have sucked forever. It's the 15th biggest city or maybe even more than 15th in the nation. They should have a professional basketball team. Not city market. 
Well, city. I mean, Minneapolis as a not a not the city, not the urban part itself, but in terms the of the metropolitan area, the yeah, CSA yeah. as they as they call it, the bigger yep. the, that's even more than the metro. But yeah, that is over. That is like thirteenth or fourteenth biggest in the United States. So, like, I think that Minneapolis should have four professional sports. Oh, I'm with you 100. I want the Wolves to stay, and I think that they will. It will be nice when the Wolves take shits on the floor as they do over and over again. And as they have done for the last 30 years, it'll be nice to have free diapers because the owner was also the owner of (laughs) diapers.com. This episode is brought to you by diapers.com. Visit diapers.com to buy your adult diapers, your infant diapers, your teen diapers, whatever type of diapers that you need. Um, they have them there. Uh, moving on to tonight's game against the Bulls, it was a win. And like the 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 Wolves, uh, the, the Bulls started a battle back in the third and the fourth. And generally what we've seen this season is that when our uh, the Wolves opponent shows some fight in the third, uh, the Wolves usually lose the game. But the Wolves kept on scoring. They kept on fighting. D'Lo kept hitting shots. Carl hit shots. And, and the Wolves won the game. It, I was really impressed. The most important thing to me, Chilanga, was that the Wolves were 25 for 25 at the free throw line. We have not had a good free throw shooting team in my entire life. And no. this finally feels like a good free throw shooting team. I know that I was watching um, Timberwolves talk on Twitter say like, oh, we need to add more shooting to this team. I actually don't know if I agree with that. We haven't had any of the shooting on the floor with the other shooting. That's part of the problem. And mm-hmm. just the fact that we were 25 for 25 from the line tonight just shows that this team can shoot the ball. I think Josh Okoge can shoot the ball better than 25% from the field, uh, from behind the arc, I should say. And One of, I guess, it, I'm looking at the box score, and that corner three pointer you took was changed to a two pointer. Oh God, that's yeah, the worst. that's the it worst. Does suck. It does I did suck. see that because they went from 57 to 56 points there at the yeah, and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that this team has yeah. plenty of shooting. I think what we need to add, if anything, is defense. Is someone yes. who's low volume on offense and can play defense. Yes. So, so uh, uh, like a couple observations from tonight. One, as we've seen all season, the Timberwolves transition offense is terrible. Uh, somehow Josh Okogie is the Wolves' best transition offensive player, and that just ain't right. Granted, Ant did show some, some I mean, he, he continues to show some, show some flashes on, uh, on transition, in transition on offense, excuse me. Um, but there was even that play where where uh, Rubio, Nas, and Ant were sprinting down the field, and somehow Nas Reed beat Anthony Edwards down to the pass. And it's like, Ant, that's an alley oop every time. You need to sprint full out when you are in transition. Like he just he needs to like he needs that second gear where he just like turns on all his athleticism and he just goes because like he he just. Doesn't do it often enough, you know? I will say he doesn't do it often enough, but he does it hella more often than Andrew Wiggins did in his rookie year. I don't want to say that he has a low motor because in the fourth quarter, and I wrote about this last week, in the fourth quarter, Anthony Edwards is the best rookie and one of the best players in the entire NBA. Like, he Mm -hmm. knows when it's crunch time, he knows how to turn it to that next gear. I don't know how consistent that will be or if he'll be able to bring that for a whole game in his career, but I know that that's there and the competitive spirit is there in a way that it never, ever, ever was for Andrew Wiggins. I I agree 100%. Um, I do, I briefly want to bring up, so so D'Angelo Russell has been playing really well the last few games and and I love that. I love to see it. I love to see D'Lo scoring and distributing. Like, if if the Wolves ever hope to make the playoffs, D'Angelo Russell needs to be an efficient scorer and a, a, an efficient distributor. And that has been true for the last few games. And, and I, I want to acknowledge that I am the original D'Lo truther. You know, I have, have long since 
spread. It's not even hate. It's just a, like a like realistic take on D'Lo as a basketball player. Whoa, realistic. And, so you're just saying that you're objectively telling the truth. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to be as objective as possible about D'Lo. Only like the reason I'm trying to do that is to just like make sure that when the Timberwolves ultimately disappoint, as they always do, my landing is soft, you know? So, like, I can fall back on my D'Lo trutherism. This, this um, almost has nothing to do with D'Angelo Russell as a player. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more about just making sure that I'm okay at the end of the day. Um, but D'Lo has been impressive the last few games, and I love it. I love his passing has been really dope, and, and he his shot has been going in. But... If D'Lo keeps on like taking the shots that he takes, I just can't get down with this game. Like his shot selection is so bad. There's no way that he can keep this up for more for more than you know four or five games in a row before he inevitably goes on a big downswing. You know, I agree. I do think once again, if you watched that Kings game, that you would be a little bit more excited about what D'Angelo Russell can bring because. Mm. The reality about D'Angelo Russell is he, I don't know if he gets better in crunch time. I don't know if that, like the clutch gene exists, but I do think it exists like somehow his whole body can manufacture beta blockers and he doesn't get any worse. Like he doesn't get (laughs) turned off by the moment. He is big in the moment and he can shoot the shot in the moment and out of the moment exactly the same because we've just seen it over and over again as he's mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. even as a warrior or whatever he's just very consistent like sometimes he's not shooting well but mm-hmm. either way it's it's going to go in at the same rate in the fourth quarter that it was earlier on in the game it seems like Dylan, or this is seems like this is a, this is an incredible point because if if you shoot at the same rate as as you do throughout the game in the fourth quarter even if it's not efficient you are super efficient. Like <laughs> that's that is a really good point. And I, I will acknowledge fully that like he has been super impressive in end of game scenarios. Like he has been incredible. And I love that. And I and I want to keep seeing that. My only thing is like defensively, it's tough. It's tough. Like, so his one-on-one on ball defense is not that bad because he's got really good hands and can force a lot of steals. But when he's off ball on defense, it, it it's he just like really he falls asleep a lot he forces a lot of switches for for his teammates to get the easier match um which which i don't love like i there was a there was a point um against the Celtics where Kemba Walker had the ball and uh D'Angelo Russell was on him and then Kemba passed to Marcus Smart and and, and D'Angelo Russell went on to Marcus Smart and not Kemba or God, this isn't quite right. Whatever Sorry. it is, I kind of get what you're talking about because he mm-hmm. overhelps in a way. Yes. Like yes. When, when he's off ball, he'll go way off of his assignment. Yes. And then yes. he will give up a really easy corner three and mm-hmm. it will go in every time against mm-hmm. the Boston Celtics because they are very well coached by Brad Stevens to be really good in the corner. Right, and it's okay. It's okay to cheat off of your your defender or your your the who you're supposed to be defending, so long as you're fast enough to get over there to to then contest the shot. But D'Angelo Russell, as we know, lacks some of that speed and athleticism, so it's hard for him to recover when he's so far off of his defender. And I, I just like he just yeah, the the defense really needs to get better unless he's gonna shoot like he did tonight all the time. You know exactly. I 100% agree. I think his worst defensive trait, though, you didn't even bring up. It's that he shoots such terrible shots and then stays still, and then he yeah. stays still. So he's from the top of the key. He shoots a terrible mm-hmm. shot that's 100% covered, and it's mm-hmm. off to the side of the backboard. Doesn't even hit the rim, but the ball is already going forward for the Celtics in transition or yep. forward for whoever yep. the opponent is. To, tonight, he made almost every shot, so I can't say that about him. But like he, all of his <laughs> bad shots end up getting really great transition opportunities for the o- other team, and he's not good at releasing after his shot. Mm-hmm. Like he needs yep. to fucking just like get it into his brain. After I shoot the shot, 
even if I know I'm going to make it or whatever, let's not watch it. Let's release. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hold it for a little bit, but release. I will say the D'Lo Towns combo has been looking hella potent. And that that's going to be hard to stop for people, especially once Malik Beasley is back and also back in rhythm, like not just back, but back in early season form, like eight I mean, for 10 Malik Beasley. Yeah. I, I think like those from, three, from three, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, from three plus Jane McDaniels being automatic from three off of the catch and shoot and Anthony Edwards being a beast in transition. Like uh, that to me is a top 10 offense in the league. I I can see it. I can I can see the vision now. It's just like, can we see it <laughs> for real? You know? Yeah, let's see it for ten games in a row, five games uh-huh. in a row. That would be really great. Um, you know, this game got me thinking. I like really wish that the Wolves had Zach Levine on this roster making eighteen. Like I would, like Zach Levine making eighteen million is so much better. Than D'Angelo Russell making thirty million, and it's not even close. It's just like such a better value proposition. But, yeah, when but you my bring question, money, stop bringing money into it. Oh well, no, I was gonna say my question is, regardless of money, uh, who who is the better player, Zach Levine or D'Angelo Russell? So I think we both agree, and I don't agree, or I don't think this as much as you do that. Zach Levine is the better shooter. I think he's a better shooter. I don't think he's significantly a better shooter. And I just don't know because we haven't seen enough of D'Lo. And this year he's shooting 40% from three on seven takes, 7.5 takes. And Zach Levine is shooting like over a little over 40% from eight takes a game. So like very similarly. Um, But I also think that like D'Angelo Russell's taking harder shots. So I'm wondering how much of that efficiency goes into the shot selection. And we will see if D'Lo, like part of the problem with D'Lo's shot selection is that before he cleaned up loose bodies in his knee, he was taking the craziest shots because no one else on his team could shoot. I mean, Malik Beasley, sure. uh, But Carl Anthony Towns was not playing the best three-point shooter on the team possibly. So like, I just want to see it with D'Angelo Russell. He has been on fire lately. I think he is so much better than Andrew Wiggins. I'm so glad. I think that the Timberwolves did not lose the Andrew Wiggins trade. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a hot take according to the national media. It but- just, it looks like they did though. I get it. it. I get it. It looks like they did, but they did not. I don't think that they did. And yeah. so I, but I get what you're saying with the Zach Levine trade. I wanted Andrew Wiggins to be traded for Jimmy Butler the whole time. Everything that I saw was like, oh, well, if we have Jimmy Butler, then Zach Levine will be fine on defense against the second best wing or whoever he has to guard. But Mm -hmm. Andrew Wiggins is on the team because he can guard one of the two best players on uh, offensively on the other team. So why do Mm -hmm. we need Andrew Wiggins? Like this whole time I was advocating like Andrew Wiggins. Sure. Fine. I get that he has the highest upside, but Zach Levine, I see the floor. And I did not see the floor with Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I, I mean, I I was not there. I I thought Zach Levine at best was a, a six man, uh, and he has grown like far beyond that. I, I at the beginning of Zach Levine's career, I was like, oh, he's like kind of he's like a more athletic Jamal Crawford. Okay, like cool, whatever. Um, but he's he's like far outperformed that. I mean, he like truly, um, well, that's, I don't know if he's outperformed that a far more athletic Jamal Crawford, who's six, six is like insanely scary. pretty good. That's yeah, insane. That's, pretty, that's, that's really good. You're right. You're right. You're right. But the, the point is there is a world where right now the wolves have Zach Levine, Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony towns. And that's not a championship team probably, but that's a second round playoff team with like, if things go right, there's a chance for the Western conference finals, which would be really dope, which uh, to be fair, the wolves, I think were the second seed before Jimmy Butler got hurt in 2018. Yeah, they were amazing. They were really good. And so that's like, a, I don't even Western know conference what, finals contender. Yeah. Like what does Carl Anthony towns look as the second, uh, as a second option? What does he look like? You know what I mean? As, we saw, 
or as the third offensive op. I, well, I guess he would probably be above Jimmy Butler at this point, just because Jimmy Butler seems to have taken a little bit of a backseat. But like yeah. as a third offensive option, when you have Zach Levine, who's like automatic and you have Jimmy Butler, who's really great and can distribute. Yeah, that would be a fucking good ass team. Uh, and, and, and so I, I just I can't help but think about that. But I'm 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 just hoping that uh, D'Angelo Russell can uh, play like he did tonight often, and and be that 2017-18 All Star replacement uh, D'Angelo Russell oh, <laughs> that he was. Oh, you had to add that hurtful word in there, Chalenga. Words. <laughs> what we have learned on this podcast <laughs> is that words can hurt people, Chalenga. Words can hurt people. <laughs> All right, that's uh that's it for us. Um I do just want to say I I I just was on Twitter and and I you know that 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 Brooklyn center shooting uh the the man's name is Dante Wright. Uh the, a lot of the media outlets just misspelled Oh my his god. Name. I thought you meant like that Brooklyn Nets center no, no, shooting No 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 no. something. I don't know. But Brooklyn center Min- Minnesota. His name is Dante yes. Wright. You know, media outlets got his name wrong, but it's Dante Wright, and I just needed to correct that and say his name properly. Rest say in peace, name. Dante. Uh, I, I'm sorry that you are added to the list uh, of of people that Minnesota cops have killed. Um, it it just fucking sucks. So, rest in power, uh, and, and much love to to you and your family, Dante. Just visually, I did the Dante Culpepper thing where mm. uh, he does the spin with his fists. That was Dante in honor Wright. of Dante Wright. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to follow us on the show, socials at CND MBA on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, send us an email at CNDMBA at gmail.com. Uh, like, subscribe, do the thing. You know what to do. Um, and read our, I, I'm going to have a piece about D'Angelo Russell and his defense coming out this week. Dylan just wrote a piece last Thursday. About uh, rookie of the year. Doesn't uh, matter. It doesn't Anthony matter. Edwards, and it doesn't matter. Um, so give that a read. Read our big Troy. He, if you like the Packers, you can read him. He writes great Packers content. Um, thank you so much for listening and much love. Peace. Honey, baby, you know what you did. <laughs>